Well, good morning and welcome to Noah's Window. Mary Alice and I, in these two weeks leading up to Christmas, we wanted to share with you some of the stories of some of those people who are involved in the Christmas story leading up to Christmas Day when we'll talk about Jesus, the baby Jesus himself. Today, though, I want to talk about some of my favorite characters in the Christmas story, and that's the wise men. And one of the issues that I have being my age and having preached so many Christmas series through the years, I'm afraid if I'm not careful, I'll start rambling on about the wise men because I just love telling their story. So I'll try to make this as brief as possible just to kind of give you some insight about them. But, but to me, the wise men are just such great examples for us in our times. I know Mary Alice did an episode of Noah's Window yesterday about chasing the light. And anyone who looks at their story, you know, you keep seeing that theme come up over and over again. But in order for us to get acquainted with who they were, um, I want to read some of the verses of scripture about the wise men. Now, tomorrow, God willing, I'm going to come back and talk about Herod, and we're going to look pretty much at the same scriptures because there's this there's this uh, contrast in the Bible between the wise men from what I believe to be Persia and Herod, who was king in Jerusalem, which was only six miles away from Bethlehem. So we'll talk about the wise men today, and I'll come back and talk about Herod tomorrow, and that's a really interesting story too. So let me just read some verses of scripture that you're very familiar with. Of course, I'm reading out the New Living Translation. Most of us will have remembered the King James Version from so many of the Christmas stories being told. But just so that we'll get clarity, I want to read it out of a little newer translation. Matthew chapter 2, first verse. Jesus was born in Bethlehem during the reign of King Herod. That's what we'll be talking about tomorrow. About that time, some wise men from eastern lands arrived in Jerusalem asking, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star as it rose, and look at this line, we have come to worship him. King Herod, tomorrow, was deeply disturbed when he heard this, as was everyone in Jerusalem. He called a meeting of the leading priests and the teachers of religious law and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? Well, this is something that I tackle pretty heavily in our Christmas broadcast that's going throughout the United States. There are so many prophecies, as we've already discussed in the Bible, Christmas forecasts about Jesus coming out of the world. So Herod's going to ask the question of his Bible scholars, what does the Bible say about where the Messiah is supposed to be born? So they go back to Micah chapter 5 that Micah had written some four or 500 years before. And they tell him, in Bethlehem in Judea, for this is what the prophet Micah wrote. Then Herod called for a private meeting with the wise men. And he learned from them the time when the star first appeared. Then he told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And when you find him, come back and tell me so that I can go and worship him too. After this interview, the wise men went their way. And the star, now the star there is just a bright, um, a bright light in the heavens. It's not necessarily star as we know the term star in astronomy. It's just a bright light in the sky. The star they had seen in the east guided them to Bethlehem. It went ahead of them and stopped over the place where the young child was. When they saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshiped him. Now, I'll start talking about this in just a moment, but I want to cover something before we go any further. There are, <laughs> there are Bible scholars who like to debunk nativity scenes because in the nativity scenes, you see the picture of the wise men, which... I can't prove they were at the stable, but what Bible scholars will say is, look, the Bible says they went to a house. Well, 
The Greek word for house there just means place of residence. It, it could it just meant any place where people were at the time. So the word house there doesn't mean that they did not go to the stable. They entered the house and saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasure chests and gave him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. When it was time to leave, they returned to their own country by another route, for God had warned them in a dream not to return to Herod. This is one of the most beautiful stories in the Bible to me. Who were the wise men? Well, tradition says there were three and that they were kings. And sometime in the Middle Ages, we gave them names. But we really don't know. There may have been three. There may have been 30. There may have been 300. Um, we don't know. We just know that there were some wise men. Were they kings? I don't think so. It's, it's even more, the truth's more interesting than that. From what we can tell, they were king makers. They were the elite minds in the Eastern world. And Magi had existed uh, for several hundred years. It, it is interesting when you look at the history of the world during that time, and we know how it intersects the Bible. You know, the Babylonians came, and then after the Babylonians, the Medes and Persians, and after the Medes and Persians, the, the Greeks. And then by this time, the Romans. But even though those different world systems conquered, the one thing that remained were Magi. <laughs> the, uh, even the new empires didn't mess with these guys because they so depended on them. They were so brilliant when it came to mathematics and astronomy and, and just all kinds of important things. Now that's where a light should go on for us to help us understand why these Magi came to visit this <laughs> peasant baby born to parents that everybody else would have looked right past. What made them come? Well, if you go back to the beginning of the Magi as people, you will remember the story how that when Judah was captured, the Babylonians took the best and brightest of the Judean aristocracy, just young men that had been captured, and brought them in to be part of the king's think tank. Remember in the book of Daniel, how we read about Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, Hananiah, Azarel, Mishaiah, those are their Jewish names, and they brought them in to be Magi. And Daniel, of course, became the most influential of all of them. And remember, just as I've described to you, Daniel's role as Magi continued right on even after the Medes and Persians conquered the Babylonians, and he went right to the top of the line as a, as you know, in the Mede and Persian Empire. So here's what I think is really interesting. And, and again, I know if I'm not careful, I'll just make this Noah's window really long because I get so excited talking about these guys. And by the way, I have sermons on this through the years. If you're really interested, I did a series of Christmas. In fact, our whole Christmas series back in 2016 was called Chasing the, the, the Star, I think, or Chasing the Light. And uh, that, so if you're really interested in learning more about these guys, you can check out and see if that series is still available. But what I love about this story is when the Babylonians came and took Daniel and the three Hebrew children away, um, what, what's interesting about that is they wanted to indoctrinate Daniel and these three men in Babylonian ways, and yet the influence worked the other way. Daniel had an enormous influence on the Babylonian Magi and then eventually the Median the Persian Magi. Bottom line, here's the point. Why would the smartest people in the world leave their country, travel for probably months, and go kneel down before a peasant baby? 
Well, the answer is found, at least in their, in their contemporaneous situation, with their question. When they got to Jerusalem, which, by the way, they figured if a king was born, you would go to the capital city. When they went to Jerusalem, they started asking the question, where is he that is born king of the Jews? The word asking there is in the present tense in the Greek, which means they just kept on asking. So they went to everybody they could see. They'd see people on the street and say, hey, where is he that's born king of the Jews? I think when the Magi got to Jerusalem, they thought this whole place is going to be a madhouse. Everybody's going to be so excited. There's going to be all these celebrations because this new king is born. We saw his star. We've traveled all this time to find him. And yet when they got to town, nothing was going on. And so it freaked them out. And they were asking everybody, where is he that's born king of the Jews? Why did they know? that this king was born? And secondly, why would they go to all this trouble for a king in Israel? I mean, there were kings born all the time, all over the world that the Magi probably kept track of. Why would they go to Jerusalem? And why would they ask, where is he this born king of the Jews? It goes back to Daniel. Daniel had all these prophecies. You remember we talked about this in Clash of Dynasties too, the Daniel Chronicles. Daniel had all these prophecies about the coming Messiah. And he talked about how that Messiah was going to come and even gave a timetable. I mean, it's his timetable that caused these magi to know when they saw the star, it's time to go. Daniel had told them, you know, in, in 483 years, Messiah is going to have come and to and die. So they knew that Jesus was coming from Daniel's prophecies. But the reason why they went after this Jewish king and didn't go looking at other kings was Daniel had said to them, when this king comes, he's going to be a Messiah and the world is going to change forever. And even though these elite scholars had everything that human beings could claim to want in Babylon, it left them empty. And they were saying, we want to go see the king who is going to change the world. So that's why they pursued the maiden. That's why the Magi pursued the Messiah, and the Bible says they came and they worshiped him. Well, just a couple more thoughts, and, and I'll, try to, <laughs> I'll try to end this because I just get so excited about learning about these guys. Um, I want to make the point that they brought some special gifts. They brought gold. Well, that's what kings had. Kings received gold. Frankincense. Frankincense was an incense that priests burned. This was a, they, they understood that this king was going to be very holy. So they brought gifts to match who he was. Gold because he was a king, frankincense because he was holy and a priest. But myrrh, now that's an interesting one because myrrh was used to embalm. Why would you bring myrrh? Why would you bring an embalming spice to honor a baby? Well, they knew, as I said a moment ago, Daniel had told them that when Messiah came, this is in Daniel 9:27, he would be cut off appearing to accomplish nothing. In other words, God gave Daniel the prophecy that when Messiah came, he would die. And Daniel, of course, had the book of Isaiah, so he had Isaiah 53. He understood clearly that Messiah was going to suffer for the sins of the world. And when the Magi came, they came to worship a king that they knew was going to die. And they knew why he was going to die. He was going to die to pay for sins. Well, <laughs> this is a long story, and, and I could... I could keep you here for a long time talking about the Magi. But let's just focus on that last part. These were, these were guys who believed the Bible. They believed the Word of God. They took the Word of God that they had, and they trusted it and acted upon it. And so much so 
that they came to see this Messiah. And, and maybe you'll think I'm playing fast and loose with the text, but I think there's that myrrh thing is interesting. I think they knew that this Messiah was going to die for their sins, and they came to worship him. Postscript, a little practical side to their gifts. What happened right after the Magi left? Herod tried to kill all the babies in Bethlehem, under two years of age, the boy babies. What, what did Mary and Joseph have to do? They had to flee to Egypt. Bible scholars believe that they supported their family the time they were in Egypt, which could have been up to two years. They supported their family with the gifts that the Magi had brought. I don't know exactly where this leaves you today. I've got so many things that I want to think about about this story, but let's just ask the Holy Spirit to help us focus on being Magi in our lives, men and women who believe the Bible, men and women who trust God, even if the people around us are going on with their lives as though God doesn't exist. God help us to be like the Magi who will worship, who will worship Jesus. Father, thank you for this beautiful part of scripture. Thank you for letting us spend this time together with our dear friends on Noah's window. And as we get ready to celebrate Christmas, oh God, as Mary Alice spoke yesterday, help us to be people who chase the light. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, thanks for joining us today for Noah's Window. I'll be back tomorrow to talk about the other side of this story, the story of Herod. See you tomorrow.